to first acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands in which we're on today. I'm here on Ghana country, and since this podcast is online, we can have mob from all around Australia listening in. So I'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of your lands and all First Nations peoples listening to this podcast recording here today of rolling through negotiations. Let's pay respects to all of our elders, past, present, and future. Today, what we're going to what we want to talk about, and we've got a special guest with us, Sueli C. Hi there, Sueli C. Hello, it's me again, Sueli C. She's she's here as a guest again, and we're playing around. But to be honest, the topic we've got to speak about today is not a playing around kind of topic. It's a painful topic. It's a topic about how we're left as Aboriginal peoples now that we've gone through this this referendum for the voice and the overwhelming majority of Australians have said no. Mm. The very sad one. And again, just to just to share with people that are tuning in, let's touch on this point, which is why are we speaking about the result of the referendum on rolling through negotiations? What's the referendum got to do with negotiations? Negotiations. I think I can link, as in every negotiation, there is a interest in mind, and in this situation, we had one of the most powerful interests in mind, which is the basic human needs. But Matthew, could you please explain more? What was the referendum about? Yeah. So. A change was taking place. A change was taking place through a process which is all about updating and amending the foundational document for all of Australia, which is called the Australian Constitution. And to talk about amending the Australian Constitution, what we're really speaking about is the process, and the process itself is called the referendum. And the referendum needs to be able to be passed, has to have the the majority of people in the majority of the states all were proving to be able to then affect the change. And we saw this devastating result on the weekend, which was no state had a majority of yes. The ACT had a yes, but that's a territory. It's not a state, so it's not counted in a state's count. And the voice didn't get through. And there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of suffering. And so... The reason why we're speaking about this and the way that it links to the topic of negotiation is we're going to negotiate through this pain now. We need to work through the pain. We need to negotiate through the pain. I agree with you. And it will take a long time to heal. And I think one of the most challenging aspects of negotiation is the anger that we can feel. And... We need a lot of self-awareness to be able to focus on the situation without anger. And that is a challenging. And I can relate to that a lot because I'm Brazilian, so I have a lot of emotions. And I, it's very hard for me to, um, to disattach to the emotion that I feel. But speaking about negotiations, in your opinion, what is the purpose of negotiation. Well, let's be in this, to be honest, right? I'm trying to draw a link between the voice 
and negotiation and the theme of our podcast is negotiations. But to be honest, the morning, the heaviness that we're feeling, it's really hard to even focus. I'm speaking with Blackfellas today and community members today and a lot of people have been finding it hard to focus on the work and find it hard to focus on things because of the morning that we're going through. And so really we want to speak about this on our podcast because we feel that together as Aboriginal peoples, we need to be able to stand strong, support each other, connect with each other. And the purpose of giving this podcast out there is to really just connect and support and share. And and the theme of our podcast is negotiation. So I'm trying to draw a link between this referendum in the morning and the negotiations. So, so yeah, it's, it's hard to focus on anything at the moment for a lot of people. But our end... It's hard to focus on anything at the moment for a lot of people. And just to keep the theme of the po- of the podcast, I think that the, the referendum can be seen as a negotiation that went wrong. Yeah. Because there was a negotiation that took place where you had the yes count and the no, the no count, both trying to influence the outcome. I agree, 100%. It went to really wrong. It was a disaster because we're talking about a negotiation that had one interest in mind, which is a fulfillment of the basic human needs. So, yes, it was a, a disaster. But if we keep negotiation in mind, I think a negotiation role would be a problem-solving or dispute resolution, conflict resolution would you agree with that? I think there's other ways, other reasons for a negotiation as well. You negotiate to achieve an outcome. You negotiate to to create teams, create strategies. The first negotiation we ever have is probably as a baby when we cry to get fed. That's probably our very first negotiation to get an outcome, to get food. Negotiation, in one sense, can be something that permeates each and every single thing that we do as people. We're consistently and constantly negotiating. As we go about our daily lives, influencing others and influencing ourselves, that's a negotiation. I also came across with uh, three aspects that is very important in negotiation. And one is time. And so time is very important in a negotiation. The second one is power. And this could be the size of your organization, it could be your position on the organization, like your title or the tools that you have. Sometimes it could be money related to it. It could be the information that you hold. So there's this aspect of power. And then the other one is information, which is a very important aspect in your negotiation, right? The information that you hold. So if we understand these three aspects of negotiation, then it's, it's more it, it helps us to navigate into complex issues in negotiation situations. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Uh, so what you're speaking about is three principles that can apply to negotiation, which is time, power, and information. Yeah. And how does this relate to the topic today, which is the morning that's taking place as a result of the referendum process? Okay, so I think 
uh, it's important to know these three elements because it brings in some awareness of um, the reason, the potential reason why things went wrong, this negotiation went wrong. If you look the aspect of information, I think there were a lot of misinformation. Yes. Um, there was also a process that wasn't a inclusive decision-making process. Times, times an important element in all of our life, including negotiation. Yeah, and that's kind of related to power, because you've got the power of the ninety-seven percent being able to influence the referendum process through in the referendum being negotiation, but that 97% who aren't First Nations peoples have the power to determine whether or not Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islanders can speak on matters affecting us. And so when you look at that power point, there's a massive power imbalance, right? Imbalance. And then with the power, there's also the, 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 the other element of the information. So because you have that, the wide population with different backgrounds, you would need a different sort of communication style for different type of people. And I don't feel like that was done in a way. It was pretty much the same information for everyone. So do you understand where I come from? So with all the different people, you would need different there's different ways for example you do have a lot of clients that come to you and they have different backgrounds and you do communicate different with different people would you agree with that well we're serving clients i believe that a fundamental thing that, that needs to be done is listening to clients when clients come to me i always listen to one of the first questions i ever ask a client is what do they want to achieve what do they want me to help them do here what's the outcome they're looking for and then setting realistic expectation and seeing strategies to be able to achieve that kind of an outcome. And so when you look at this kind of a situation and the information point that you're speaking about, there was probably a lot of misinformation that took place. An extreme of this piece of misinformation is I actually heard of a video where Albanese was speaking ironically. I think he was like in some sort of meeting or a press conference and he was asked a question and it was along the lines of how Australia is going to change if the voice goes to the constitution. And Albanese said, ironically, something like, oh yes, all of Australia is going to change. The United Nations are going to end up owning all of our properties. Like just as a, as a, as a, as a flippant joke about don't be ridiculous. Nothing ridiculous is going to happen. It's just about having First Nations peoples be able to have a voice on matters affecting us. But then what happened should, should be a crime. What happened was somebody picked up that piece of a, a segment of the interview, modified it, altered it, then put it onto YouTube in a way that made it seem as if Albanese was speaking the truth and saying that United Nations are going to take over our homes. And that video spread like wildfire. There's misinformation right there. And so there were a lot of people that also were saying through this referendum process that they can't vote yes because there's too much uncertainty. What's this all going to be about? How's it going to be created? What's it going to look like? Yes, and then that's a, another interesting fact about negotiations is that we will never have all the information that we want. And so there will always be one side that has more information than the other. And, you know, the information sometimes can come in with time if we listen to each other if we listen all the parties actually if we are open to listen 
And I don't think in this situation, uh, people were open to truly listen this negotiation, this movement. So then during the process, we had a lot of people saying that they don't have enough information and for that reason, they would vote no. So usually as a, strate a st strategy, we would listen to what the other side is saying as a objection and and then we would adjust the campaign to address all these objections and the feedback that you receive. But I don't feel like that was done. I feel like there was a lot of room to to adjust uh, all the information in order to deal with all the objections of the people that were saying that they didn't have enough information to be able to vote yes. And then you also had uh, people that voted no because they say that there was Aboriginal people voting no. And I think this is where it gets a little bit complicated because Aboriginal people voting no, the percentage was very small compared to the Aboriginal people that, you know, wanted this to succeed. I see, I honestly see the Aboriginal people who voted no as misunderstanding. I see that as an information point for like, through the policies that have taken place over the years through government, like white Australia policy, segregation, separation, all that's taken place over the past 250 years has shifted the focus to some Aboriginal people. And I feel like the Aboriginal people that were seeing the no may not have understood what this was really all about. There was a, a, a trusting issue for sure. And one of like the main elements of a win-win negotiation is relationship and communication. All right, so how is that referendum or the yes campaign would be a win-win solution where if you, if you think about the two main elements of negotiation, which is again, the relationship and the communication, what sort of relationship the government or Australians have with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island people. Why are you laughing? What sort of relationship they had? Is that trusting relationship? No, it's interesting. That it's interesting, and and, it, and it's amazing because so many people don't see the mistrust and the poor relationship and the deception and the pain that gets caused as a result. Yeah. So if we look back into, you know, like if you, I'm not an Aboriginal Torres Strait Island person, so I can't really talk on behalf of them on how is that relationship, you know, that they have with an Australian or with the government. I don't know how is that relationship, but I can get like feeling that it's not really a good relationship because of all the bad things that happened in the past. And so I, I do respect, even though it's a really sad, but then again, this is 3% of the population. The, re the rest of that, it was, it was uh, non-Aboriginal people, right? So there wasn't, so then if you look into, I'm already got lost here, but then if you look, it, it's so, so I feel like the non-Aboriginal people know it's a valid because it's an issue related to them that had the best interests in mind for their people 
and and they're still like even the three percent or whatever the population the rest of the population they were australians and they voted um and they voted no so then if you think about how old this campaign and the past trusting relationship that aboriginal people had with government that's not a good relationship communication i don't think the communication was the best yeah the communication point was uh, it also comes into it where a lot of people speak about the fact that the yes camp might not have had the best interactions through social media and through you know mainstream media in terms of getting the message out there and so perhaps in that sense if those views are right then the lack of com lack of clear communication might have been one of the one of the downfalls in all this if more people had have understood the reasons for the voice and how it could have empowered first nations people and made for a better australia maybe would have been a different result but i think you're right communication is definitely a big piece and that determines the outcome of a negotiation because there was a lot of people questioning um a lot of people questioning not understanding and really not caring they couldn't care less um so for the people for the people that couldn't care less probably the communication would have to be different right and i don't feel like i had that sort of different communication well it would have been definitely a positive step if we had a voice in the constitution and that communication piece is really what the voice is all about wasn't it having an opportunity by having provisions in a constitution to enable First Nations people to communicate, have a voice on matters affecting us. You know what's tragic about this, really? Australia is meant to be a multicultural country. It's meant to be a place where we recognise and appreciate all cultures, but first and foremost, the cultures of First Nations peoples. And there's brothers and sisters out there that work in large white corporations in government offices. There's brothers and sisters, uncles and elders and aunties out there that are work and deliver cultural training. And I'm really feeling for them in this time because when you walk into these environments where you see people that have said, no, you don't have a voice, you can't communicate on matters affecting you, there's a lot of pains, really. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. So usually... So if we bring it back to the negotiation podcast and negotiation scenario, no negotiation. What I'm trying to say is there will be days that you're going to get motivated and everything will go well and the negotiation will be successful. And then there's other days that, you know, your project will be rejected. Um, someone cuts your budget or the proposal, nothing happened. And so it's it's normal to go, you know, have ups and downs. Uh, but then this, this is much more than just like a daily basis negotiation. These were like a life, a negotiation of somebody else's life. This was a negotiation representing 65,000 plus years. This is more than one life. So definitely it's hard to now say to someone, okay, well... You didn't win, now you move on um, and, you know, life has to move on and whatever that, it is really painful because it wasn't just a simple negotiation. It was, 
it had a lot of meaning to it. It had a lot of purpose to it. A fundamental purpose, really. And when we speak about the time principle you were sharing, time here, I think, is weighing up 65,000 plus years against the 235 years the white man's been here for. Also, I feel... Israeli, the pain, the suffering. And you look at that from the point, point of view of time, which is one of the principles you mentioned before. Time is one of the reasons why it's so painful because in the 65,000 plus years of connection with country, of connection with the energy structures, the waterways, the land, the soil, the oneness with country, doesn't that deserve the right to speak? And you weigh that against a time period of 235 years, which is just nothing but a mere smudge in the ocean, a mere ripple. And why is it the case that our people, our ancestors, our elders, all that they, that they have been through gets determined by people that have been here for only 235 years? So when we look at the time piece in the context of this referendum, the inequality of time and what time represents is one of the reasons for the pain, really, because the connection that gets formed through that time is incredible and in the least, in the least deserves recognition through a voice. So when we speak about relationship, how can we have a relationship if we can't speak? How can... We possibly have a relationship if people don't want to listen. This is why I feel like this whole process was a set for failure. Even though I did vote a yes and I did have a hope, I really did, especially with all Australians, um, as in non-Aboriginal people. So I thought, like we would do better. I thought that people were positive and that we were, the yes would, would, would go, would, would win. Um, yeah, I thought that people were better than, than the reality, but the reality is people are very selfish. People just care about themselves. Um, and when the issue not all people, but most of the people. No. See, if you look at the reasons for yes, one of the reasons for yes was the generation upon generation upon generation of connection to country, of, of wisdom, of culture. That is not about themselves. That is about entire clans of Aboriginal peoples. That is about the collective Aboriginal voice. Yeah, but I'm talking about the people that voted no. The people that, and I'm not, I'm not talking about Aboriginal people that voted no. I'm talking about Australians that voted no. That is selfish. Right. Yeah. So, that's so 235 years is just a little flick into the ocean. And there's people that have been here for less than a decade voting no. Like my, my pay does not come from an Aboriginal person that voted no, because for the reasons that we're talking here about this sort of like negotiation of a lifetime, I do understand. And some of them really, they might have a concern that this process wasn't, it wasn't fair. It wasn't, and it wasn't really because how this process is fair when you have 3% of the population that is Aboriginal and the rest is all Australian voting 
on an Aboriginal issue. It's fair that we have Aboriginal people's ability to speak determined by... Yeah, so it was an inclusive process. It was definitely not inclusive. It was, I don't think there was cultural safe, to be honest. There was, uh, through, through, the, through the whole campaign, people were putting through opinions that they thought their opinions, but they were actually really racist as well. So really, as a result of the referendum, Australians, contemporary Australians, We've been here for only 235 years. Have said to us, no. As First Nations people of Australia, you don't have a voice in the Constitution. No, you can't progress by establishing a body called the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Voice. So we, we are left. There's this is pain to be experienced. Our own pain and the pain of our ancestors, elders, leaders, and pain of each other. There's also the pain of future generations. As a result of the, the failed referendum process that we can look at as a negotiation, but it's much more than that. Yeah. You can't really compare uh, to a negotiation. It means much more. It means much more. The meaning of it, the purpose of this movement was much more. And we can't speak as the voice. As a result of the referendum, it has said the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people cannot have the voice in the constitution, which means we can't speak as the voice. I won't listen. Yeah. So it is really sad. And I just want to say that I did talk about some of the negotiations principles and it was uh, with a hope that it could help us to navigate into this process that is very hard. But I know there is a lot of more liars to it, and especially when we talk about culture. But we will uh, reflect and learn more. You know, Sorelli, hopefully one day they will. Because whatever doesn't break us can only make us stronger. Always was, always will be.